Hi, everyone. Oh, it feels weird to come in like, hi. Like, if, it feels, I don't know. I feel like it's funnier if you come in like, uh, like a blooper. Okay, never mind. Um, hi, everyone. It's Valentine's Day. And here we are celebrating Valentine's Day with a recording. How romantic it is. Okay. So, in line with that, no. we will be doing <laughs> a Q&A. A proper <laughs> <laughs> okay, as you've heard, Pastor Cat. Just power through. Uh, welcome to a very special Valentine's Day recording. Well, we're actually recording this on Valentine's Day. We're not sure when it will go up. Um, but we are doing this very special uh, episode of podcast to answer some relationship questions. Because a few weeks ago, we had a relationship Q&A at X Bristol. And uh, some good questions came up. But unfortunately, it was not recorded. And so we thought, why not? We'll do it again. And uh, so here we are. So we're going to answer some questions. These are questions that were previously asked by the congregation. Um, and uh, we're going to repeat some of them. And uh, together here with me is uh, Pastor Cat, who you probably heard earlier. Say hi, Cat. Hi. <laughs> and together we will do our best uh, to answer some of these questions. Uh, while Pastor Cat still has the energy, it has been a long day at work. So... Um, here we go. First question. We're probably going to answer, I don't know, we'll see how many as we go, but uh, first question. Um, how do I know when is the right time for me to start dating? How do I know when is the right time for me to start dating? Kat, do you want to start it off or do you want me to go first? I think you should go first. Okay. Um, I think when it comes to right time, it's subjective. Uh, if I want to be strict, um, I can say that technically, scientifically speaking, the human brain doesn't finish developing until our mid-twenties. So if you want to be scientific, I just read that this week. If you want to be scientific, you can say, hey, until my brain is fully developed. Uh, but you know, in all seriousness, we really think that it's about knowing yourself. Uh, it's about knowing your identity. Um, and knowing your identity is not just about, I know my name. Uh, it's really about three things, in my opinion. It's about knowing who you really are. Uh, what do you like? What do you not like? Uh, what are your preferences? What do you look for in a person? Um, and of course, not just knowing who you are, but knowing that you are valuable, that you are of worth. Uh, many times we go around life and you hear a lot of people say, oh, that person's insecure or that person's really confident. I think it's not so much a personality thing. I think it's a knowledge thing. Uh, people are insecure sometimes because they don't yet fully realize um, how strong they really are, how brave they really are, and what is their strength and what is their weaknesses. And, and people who can come across as confident, uh, some people, are, they, they, they either know or they you know, are overconfident in what they know, but at least they know that they are valuable. They know that they can do it. They know that they've got what it takes. So I think, you know, identity, you've got to know who you are, know your worth in a healthy way, and also know what you're meant to do. Uh, know your purpose. Um, you know, we're not here to look for somebody else to complete us. Mm. Uh, many times we hear people use the phrase, this is my significant other or this is my other half. I mean, when people use it in a cute, romantic way, totally understandable. The danger is many times people actually think that 
I'm an incomplete person and I need to find someone that will help me uh, with my weaknesses. So I'm going to find someone that will help me figure out life and together we navigate life. I don't think that's accurate. So until you really know who you are, and until you really know your self-worth in a healthy way, and until you really know what you are about, you, what you want to do, what your purpose is, um, I think you might not be ready to date because um, who you are might be affected by the person you date. And you might end up dating only to figure out who you really are and what you like and what you don't like. And by the time you realize that, that relationship uh, could have been broken. And so the last thing we want is for people to just you know, go with someone because they look cute or because they are good looking and just test it out and hope it works. Uh, I think it's important for us not to be selfish in that way, uh, but to really know, have a good sense of identity. And I think this is both sides of the party too. Sometimes people can go like, oh, because I really know who I am, so it's ready. I'm, I'm ready to start dating. But I think it's one person who really know what they like, what they want, what they're meant to do. Finding another person who knows who they are, knows what they like, know that they are value, know what they are meant to do. And both coming together in friendship, in love, in companionship, uh, in agreement uh, to support each other in each other's purpose and to uphold each other and you know maintain their, their self-worth. I think identity is a big indicator on whether you are ready to date. How about you, Kat? What do you think? Yeah, I think definitely identity is a very big indicator. And of course, just a confidence of really who you are and how much you value yourself. And I think that really comes, first of all, by finding your identity in Christ, in God. Because, mm. you know, sometimes we can go around trying to find someone to make ourselves feel better, to get, you know, in the social media nowadays, you, you know, you, it's nice to have that boyfriend or girlfriend by your side or when you go traveling or when you do stuff together and that makes you feel good, that makes you feel complete, that makes you feel, hey, I'm on the right track in life. But I think it's important, first of all, to find who your identity is in Christ and understand, first of all, that only Christ, only God can satisfy us because otherwise the danger of that is that we end up looking for that satisfaction or end up looking for all of not sat satisfaction and also I guess establishing our identity in a relationship and not in God yeah. and sometimes when that happens all we do is just um, end up just in that sense inverted well I'll use it loosely but sucking up the other person dry because you know in the end of the day a person's a person and we're all humans and no one's perfect. But only God is perfect. Only God knows who we are. So I think I think personally I feel that's the most important factor to really understand who we are and really understand and find first our confidence in God. You know, I think the other things are practical stuff I can think of as well. You know, what do you want to do in the future? Uh do you know what you want? Um if you are studying abroad or if you're some you know if depends on where you are at life do you know where you are where you want to base yourself in the near future you know what's your plans for yourself what's your career aspirations i think all this sometimes we forget that actually comes into play as well all mm -hmm. good if all of you all 
if it's all good if the both of both parties are based in the same city, but what happens if it's not? And you need to or you're looking or potentially I might want to move to a new I might po- I have a dream of working overseas. Mm. So the, all this do need to come into play as well. Mm. And things that only you or I think only we ourselves will under- know that question. So I think on the on a side note besides the spiritual, I think these are more practical factors. Yeah. that I will look at as well. Yeah, I think you know, all that is, is true because at the end of the day, when we say, hey, we want you to, to know when to, to start dating, um, our idea of dating is also not just to, to try it out and just to, just to test your, you know, your chances with, with a girl or a guy. I think, uh, you know, because as Christians, we, we value relationships. They're powerful. That's why when heartbreaks happen or relationships get broken up, people hurt very badly for, for, for years. And so we encourage people to to date with an intention for it to last. Date with an intention for it to lead. I know this sounds almost like a fairy tale in the world that we live in today, but it's true. Leading to marriage, to a stable, long-lasting relationship. And for that to have a high chance of happening is really about knowing uh, yourself fully and putting all cards on the table, both, um, so that both can, you know, build with truth and build on a foundation of trust uh, and also talking about some of these grown-up things, like what Pastor Cat said, you know, where you're going to be, you know, how, you know, how many years is, is, is too many years for dating, um, you know, long distance, yes or no, and, and, you know, things like that. So the more mature you are, you're able to talk it out. Uh, so that you're able to start with the right footing. Yeah, and everyone's different. I don't think that's going to be a right or wrong answer to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, obvious, all of us are made up differently. Yeah. So I think what fits someone might not fit you. Don't feel bad if you don't feel like, oh, how come I'm not like everyone else? Yeah. I think everyone has a different, different journey. Tra- journey. Yeah. Or different deal breakers, different yeah. points in their life as well. So yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I hope that helps. Okay. Let's move on to the second question. Uh, we're going in a little bit. Um, okay, we'll just read it out. You decide. Um, why is premarital sex viewed as a much bigger sin compared to things like telling lies? Why is there such a huge stigma on it when lying is just as sinful? Obviously, this is a question uh, that was written in by a member of our congregation. Uh, well, let me just get technical of the question first. Um, why you know, do churches and, and, and Christians you know, talk so much about premarital sex and, and, and not about you know, other things, other, other things that hurt God as well, other sins? Well, first of all, to, to clear the air, uh, there's no difference between a big sin or a small sin. There's no difference between premarital sex or adultery, which is you know, sex after marriage but with a wrong person. Uh, with someone who's not your husband or not your wife, uh, there's no different uh, in 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 the eyes of God. You know, the, the Bible says that all of us have fallen. All of us, uh, no man is holy, no man is perfect, and all of us have sinned. Uh, whether we told a lie, uh, we need God's grace and forgiveness. Whether we you know, had premarital sex and that, and that hurts God. And we'll go into it uh, in a bit. Why? Uh, and, you know, that's equally sinful. Someone who stole, equally sinful. Um, someone who gossips, equally sinful. And so just want to clear the air. There's no such thing as big, small sin. 
Uh, but maybe perhaps why it feels like there's so much emphasis on it is because I think the world doesn't doesn't see lying as right. There's no effort, culturally speaking, in the world that we live in today to try to correct the perception that it's okay to lie. I think lying is universally seen consistently as something bad and something that will hurt. Uh, where else uh, a value like, you know, uh, keeping um, sexual relations between husband and wife uh, until, uh, you know, uh, marriage, we will not, you know, cross the line, we will not do anything that, um, you know, that is sexual in nature while we are dating. Uh, I think there is a, a, a attack culturally uh, from different worldviews on how that's acceptable. And maybe that's why perhaps it feels like uh, Christians are talking about it more, but I think it's purely to correct that misconception. Yeah. Uh, you want to add something? Yeah, yeah, just to add, I was just as positive of sharing about how all sin is the same. Uh, I, I just remembered this um, analogy that I was I, uh, that was quite real. Uh, I remember one time we hap- it was happened to be snowing, and you know when it snows, it's pure white, and yeah. uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. And I remember like uh, I was like, oh wow, I've never seen much snow, and it is gorgeous. Yeah. And then when I stepped out, I think my shoe was just had some mud on it, just mm. a little. And I think with that. I stepped onto that pure white snow and it kind of tainted it. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether it was going to be a little footprint yeah. or the whole shoe was muddy. Mm. But out of the day, that snow, was, it was one, which was once white, mm. when there's even a smear of mud in it, it still is not as beautiful as it was before. Yeah. And that's what sin is really. Um, whether it's one little thing or big, well, what we think is little and what our perception of little and big is, it's still not right in the eyes of God. And that, because the Bible does say God is holy. Yeah. Uh, and no, just that one sin would just not be, one thing that's not hurtful to God is still a sin regardless of how we think it is big or small it is. Yeah. And sometimes again, it's a perception really more than anything else. Yeah. yeah. But having said that, you know, when it comes to purity, you know, we're just painting the picture that, even a small trespass, um, you know, sin is sin. Uh, but we're by no means trying to shame anyone, trying to make anyone feel like, man, I've because I messed up before, there's no future for me. No, th- there's always salvation, forgiveness, um, and mercy if we come to God and we come clean and allow Him to forgive us and allow Him to fix us. But having said that, we just want to touch on uh, why. Why um, is premarital sex... Uh, perceived as as wrong in the Bible. Uh, I want you to know that this is really, um, there's a lot of wisdom in it. I want you to know that, first of all, uh, God created marriage. God created man and woman. In Genesis, you can read that. That's the first book of the Bible. And uh, by that virtue, God created, uh, you know, sex. Because I remember in like Genesis 1, 24, it says this, you know, for this reason, a man shall leave their father, their mother, and be joined, be joined, uh, with his wife and they shall become one flesh. And basically that's just a very Bible way of saying and they're gonna come together and you know and an intercourse will happen and uh, but it's painted that that should happen in the sanctity and in the safety of a marriage. And because and you know our senior pastor, Pastor Kenneth and Pastor Sandra used this example uh, to teach us this many times before. And I think it's a very powerful illustration. And let me just ask just all listeners this, you know, um, is fire good or bad? 
you know, um, in the in the wrong hands, in the wrong place, fire is bad. In the right hands, in the right place, fire is good. Uh, but what we can focus and agree on is that there is a right time and place for fire. You know, uh, a fire can exist at a fireplace, in a place where it should belong. And as long as the fire is in the fireplace, it's good. As long as the fire is in a campfire, bonfire, it's good. As long as the fire is, you know, part of the stove and, and, and you know, being used to cook food, that's good. But if you take fire and you put it on the couch, that's dangerous. If you put fire and you put it in the hands of a, of a young person, a young toddler, that, that's dangerous. If you take fire and you, you play it around a, a petrol station, around a, a, a car being refilled with gas, that's, that's crazy. That's going to hurt and kill people. And that's what sex is really. God's not against pleasure. He invented it. God's not against that. But he wants us to know that sex is such a powerful thing. It's not just about pleasure. It bonds two individuals together. Uh, it is beautiful, but it is sacred at the same time. The beautiful thing about sex is in its exclusiveness. The world that we live in today, we celebrate exclusiveness. Uh, gold is valuable because there's so little of it. It's exclusive and the few that have it, you know, uh, they are in charge. Um, or talk about things like fashion. We love limited edition drops, limited edition shoes and, 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 and all this because the exclusiveness uh, that, that, that special, it gives it special meaning and value. And that's what sex is. It's meant to be something to share exclusively between two people who love each other very much in the safety and trust of marriage. What by no means saying that marriages are foolproof, marriages can fail. But if you can wait till you're married, um, I think that speaks a lot of your maturity and knowing that, man, I'm going to be enjoying this physical intimacy with someone who's mature, who's someone who waited for me, who's someone who I know is not just trying to take advantage of my body. And, and you know, there's so much safety knowing that, man, we, we waited for each other. We're going to work our way to marriage before we enjoy this very special act and then use this special act of intimacy to seal this bond. It's romantic, it's special, uh, gives purpose uh, and it's wholesome you know not all the time we can talk about sex in a wholesome way but sex within marriage is so wholesome and so beautiful and i think that's the way god created it and as people as christians who believe in god who want to model ourselves after jesus then that's the type of lifestyle we should aim for yeah yeah okay all right i think that's all said and done let's move on to the next question all right here we go uh, in what way is a Christian relationship different than other conventional relationships? Uh, how is the motive and mindset different? I think this is uh, basically, you know, what, why is it important for maybe, I think indirectly saying that, why is it important for people, uh, for you to date a believer? Maybe, therefore, because uh, I guess a relationship becomes Christian when both are Christians? Well, a relationship, <laughs> whether you're... Christian or not, it's the same. Yeah. A relationship is just basically a relationship between two people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you do the same stuff. You yeah. not you know you don't like you go out on dates yeah. and you do hell yeah. I mean you you know it's not like you do different stuff yeah. to say. It's not it's not like Christian relationships are easier. Or you pray all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's by no means boring. Or yeah. it doesn't mean oh no Christian relationship means that we gotta pray every day or this. Uh, but there are certain values. 
there are I think that the main thing that separates um, Christians who date and people who don't know uh, Christ who date is 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 that it's it's Christ it's Jesus, um, and I think that's the only thing that's different. It doesn't mean that Christian relationships never fail. Doesn't mean that Christian relationships um, are foolproof. Or like yeah, it's not like hundred percent. We date and hey, we're going to get married. Yeah, that's not a hundred percent guarantee. Yeah, as well. yeah. I mean, I mean all we, of us are humans. Again. Yeah, we 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 aim for it. We try our hardest, but you no know, breakups can happen. But I think the real difference is is Jesus, uh, Jesus being that both people who are dating um, know Jesus and they recognize not just know Jesus, but they recognize the lordship of Christ in their lives, uh, and that's so important because when two people date uh, or are in a relationship. Uh, clashes are bound to happen. You're bound to clash in your personality. Uh, you're bound to clash because it, you're talking about two people from two different upbringings uh, coming together. Uh, there's going to be differences that will come out sooner or later. And knowing that despite all the differences, despite all the things that we don't want to change, um, there is this willingness of both parties to submit to the Lordship of Christ. Meaning that, you know what, I, I, I'm not going to change, but you know what, if God asks me to change, I will change. And I think that really helps. Uh, when fight happens, uh, as long as Christ is there in the relationship, you're reminded to forgive. You're reminded to not hold grudges. You're reminded to, to work things towards a reconciliation. Uh, instead of going to bed angry or storming out of a room or just breaking up for the sake of breaking up, once you know that, hey, that I need to be accountable to God in my actions, whether as a single person or as someone who is seeing someone, uh, I need to be consistent. I need to be honoring God. I think the desire to honor God by both parties is going to help in the area of purity. It's going to help in the area of honesty. It's going to help in the area of, of just support. You know, you're not just supporting uh, out of your own strength, but you're also encouraging the other person to to seek God and ask God for strength. So, so Jesus is is the glue. I would say uh, it's, he's the one that makes all things different um, in terms of motive and mindset. Again, the motive is I want to glorify God. I I want people to look at us, assuming two Christians are dating, and when they look at the way we conduct ourselves. You know, the single people will rejoice and not feel like, man, I hate to be around that couple because they're just constantly rubbing in our faces that we're single. No, because when we're together, we want to honor God. And that means, you know, honoring the people around us, uh, not being overly, I don't know, PDA or overly exclusive, being very inclusive, even though we're dating. I think the motivation, even the motivation, like we are, what we talked about earlier about purity, uh, there will be two people agreeing uh, to honor each other and, and honor God with their bodies and honor God with their uh, relationship and their purity and the mindset as well. I think, you know, when I say relationship, it's not just about dating, it could be marriage next time. I think with Christ and in the mind of Christ, uh, it gives us uh, more of a fighting chance, a reminder to forgive, a reminder to to accept the other person's limitations, the reminder to be patient, the reminder to love, even though we might not feel like loving, uh, because that's what God does for us. You know, He loves us even though we are not always good. And with that mind of Christ, I think it's going to make relationships stronger. Yeah. What do you think, Kat? Mm, I think, yeah, uh, it, well, 
I'm just going to echo again what Pastor <laughs> I think he said it all kind of. Yeah, but I think another point of uh, being in a Christian relationship, yeah, of course, I mean, what we learned, we heard from Pastor Dave just now is that, you know, Christ is there. And with Christ also, it's not just we're just dating, but there's always a purpose mm. to why we are together as yeah. well. You know, can us as a couple serve God together more? Yeah. You know, uh, uh, are we helping? What are we doing together as a couple that maybe potentially can uh, enhance or glorify yeah. or extend the kingdom of God more? Yeah. And together we spur each other on, yeah. we encourage each other on uh, to really run to go to to run and, and pursue God even more together. Yeah. And I think that's such a beautiful thing about being in um, when two Christians come together where we help uh, both help each other to in their own relationship with God mm. at the same time to run the race well together. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful picture really. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Next question. Um, I am confused about my sexuality and I don't know how to resolve this issue between me and God. I'm too scared to talk to someone about it. Mm. Okay. We'll try to be as sensitive as we can in dealing with this. Well, first of all, dealing with the issue, I'm too scared to talk to someone about it. Um, this can sound like the exact opposite, uh, but you need to talk to someone about it. But not just anyone. Not just not just a friend. Not just a stranger. Not don't, don't definitely don't look up the internet. Uh, it's like falling sick. Whatever you do, stay away from WebMD. Um, you only get more confused. Um, I think speaking to people, uh, especially if you're a Christian, because it says here that you know you, you you find it hard to resolve this issue between you and God, talk to a mature believer. Talk to your pastor. Your pastors are good people. Both me and Kat serve as pastors, and and we you know we love to sit with people, not to not to scold anyone or pressure anyone, but to to really dialogue and help someone come to an understanding about who they are in God. Yeah. Uh, but I think talking to someone is important because it's easy for us to be confused. Uh, I remember, you know, Kat uh, told me one time where, you know, growing up as a teenager, sometimes we, 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 we have moments where we question ourselves. Uh, but she had a very good conversation with her mom. Mm. Uh, so Kat, maybe you want to share a little bit of that if you don't mind. I wasn't confused per se. I just had questions, mm. and I remember like asking my mom, and I also remember being same, being scared to ask my mom because I'm like, what's my mom gonna think about me if I ask like a question? Mm. And my mom's like, nah, don't worry about it. And I think it was just really that reassurance yeah. from an older figure, yeah. from someone who's been through life that yeah. like, oh, okay. And I mean, and I think for me, it was, she just ex she just I can't remember exactly what she said to be honest, but I think it was just <laughs> reassurance yeah. that, hey, my mom wasn't judging yeah. anything or my questions or my mom was just reassuring me like, hey, you're, nothing's wrong with you. And the same thing, I think, when you go to someone like in in authority in your yeah. life, um, yeah. maybe your cell group leader or your pastors, yeah. I think they're not there. Definitely no one's there to judge you. Yeah. But I think when you bring that across, it, it, it's almost like um, releasing a burden, mm. you know, because sometimes we, the more we 
I mean, it's an issue sometimes we struggle with and sometimes we beat ourselves up yeah. over it and we don't dare and we beat ourselves up. And then I think when you go to someone, you realize like, hey, no one's there to judge you. Yeah. It's a reflection of God's love for us as well because yeah. that's like, wow, oh, if some, I mean, who are we to judge and God's not there to judge you? True. And that brings almost that struggle to light and someone to walk you through it, to mm. answer questions, to help you talk through your emotions mm. or just, is it just a, face or it's just a question that I'm going yeah. through and I think definitely talking and bringing it to light it's it's going to be so liberating yeah. really and the reason why we say this is because uh, I personally believe that many times there's a lot of misinformation um, about what is someone who, well, what is masculinity and what is what is you know uh, what does it mean to be man and what does it mean to be woman uh, I think there's a lot of misconception and uh, Everyone's upbringing is different. Everyone's culture is different. But I can only imagine, I wonder maybe, uh, if there are a lot of people who got confused, especially in the world that we live in today, it feels like unless you, you know, act a certain way, unless you, you know, you, pe people tend to be judged by the way they act. Uh, and it feels like, you know, to be a real boy, boy, or to be a real man, man, you've got to love sports, play sports, you know, do this, you've got to be tough and rough. Uh, and, and you don't do certain things, you know, you don't sing, you don't do that. And I know certain cultures, you definitely have that. And I can only imagine people growing up, you know, maybe as guys, because I'm a guy growing up going like, you know what, I don't like sports. Is there something wrong with me? You know, I'm not interested in girls yet. Is there something wrong with me? You no, know, everyone matures in their attraction differently. And maybe you're just not at the stage where you're attracted to the opposite gender. Or maybe you're just happy being single. But it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you and i think the world that we live in today many times they like to box us up um, you know by virtue of maybe someone being softer uh, sometimes there can be the danger where people try to positively over positively reinforce you but in a wrong identity and, and almost tell you no it's okay it's okay for you to be gay it's okay and you're not gay but because you long so desperately to fit in to other people's perception it feels like man as long as i just become who you say i am it's easier to be accepted than to try to figure out who i am and i think one of the issues is definitely there's a lot of you know misinformation thrown about leading to a lot of you know um, questions about oneself are we normal what's wrong with me um, and, uh, you know, yeah, instead of just going in the flow of what you think culture is speaking, talk to your pastors. Uh, because personally, you know, I, I really believe that as the scripture we read earlier, God created us man and woman, and uh, that union is meant to be beautiful. Now, don't get me wrong, not everyone is meant to be married, and that's okay. Uh, but definitely relationships, it's, it's designed by God to be between a man and a woman. Not only does it say so in scripture, but in a way, when you look at everyday uh, news or, or media, it kind of reflects that. You know, Personally, I find it odd that sometimes um, media or even in life, you see a couple, uh, two people that profess to be you know, gay, uh, but there still seems to be um, imitation of male and female. There's always going to be someone that's the, the more masculine one. And there's always going to be one that, you know, is the more feminine one. And I, I wonder why, you know. And that's the same with uh, relationships between lesbians and, and, and other things. It feels like even 
as much as they are proud to be who they are, there is this subconscious desire to reflect a relationship the way nature intends. And so, you know, I'm just saying that not only as scriptures say it, if we open our eyes and look, you see the counterfeit nature of some of these relationships. And, and again, we're not knocking down anyone. And this we recognize this is an issue very complex to just solve over a podcast. So we encourage you, you know, to come. You know, if you're in our church, come and talk to us. We'd love to love you and clarify and turn you to our scriptures, pray with you and uh, walk you through whatever you want us to walk through. And sometimes we end up the way we are. It could be due to abuse and neglect from our childhood uh, and all other issues, other phobias in our life. Uh, but yeah, those are just our thoughts. So if, you know, talk to your pastors, elders, talk to your parents, or come and talk to us if you're around the neighborhood. Okay, um, maybe due to time, we'll try to tackle this one last question. And uh, if you like what you're listening let us know, you know, review, give us a good review and maybe we can do a part two, part three of, uh, you know, submit the questions and uh, Pastor Ken and I will do our best to answer it, whether it's relationship or other stuff. All right, last question for the night um, is this. How do I know that I'm dating the right person God has planned for me? Wow. How do I know that who I'm with is the right person? Cat, <laughs> is there such a thing as the right person? I don't think there's. A, I think sometimes we get caught up in the whole concept of that's my soulmate, yeah, or there's only one person the one. for me. Mm. If I I don't meet that one person, that's it. I'm going to be yeah. single for the rest of my I life. I mean, the idea is romantic that there is that one person. Yeah, it there. is, but I I don't think that is that one person. Yeah, that we are meant to be with. I think. God doesn't work like that. Yeah. I think we can, you know, it's not like, hey, God pairs us up and God just pairs us up and that's it. Yeah. Like, like you know. There's no lost rib out there. Yeah. There's no like, <laughs> that's, there goes my lost rib. Yeah, but I, I think, um, yeah, there's no right person, but per se, like yeah. the one, but the right person is actually how we grow ourselves, first of all. Yeah. To be that, whether we grow ourselves to be the right person, first of all. Yeah. I don't think it's, um, we always put the focus on, am I, is the other person right for me? Mm. But I think we need to oh, ask ourselves, first of all, is, uh, am I the right person? Yeah. Uh, am I mature enough? Yeah. Am I sacrificial enough? Am I, am I willing to help build the other person up? Mm. Am I kind enough? Questions like that. First of all, we need to ask ourselves. Yeah. And I think if you're the right person with the right maturity, I think then together when you find that right fit, the right person with the same wavelength, same maturity, I think definitely I think that helps to yeah. reassuring ourselves that whether you're whether that you're the right like you're in the right journey of that relationship. Yeah. yeah. I think what you say yeah, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a constant work in progress. I think every relationship I think a lot of Christians have this wrong idea that if I prayed about this relationship, then it's going to succeed no matter what. You know, because God gave me a sign when we first started dating. And we can start right, but I think it's an ongoing journey. It's an ongoing work in progress. You got to work at it, whether it's a marriage or dating or whatever it is, you got to work at it. You know, people say all the time, work on your marriage. And it's true because just because you had amazing no dating life. And just because you waited until 
you know, marriage to have sex. That, that doesn't automatically make everything else a fairy tale. You got to work at it to continue to be the best husband and wife, to be supportive. Uh, you got to, you know, grow yourself. I think if we allow ourselves to be stagnant, uh, that will kill a relationship. So we got to keep growing. And if both people are healthy, both people are growing, I think that relationship is going to grow. At the end of the day, you know, I like what Pastor Cat says, it's not about the right one, it's, you know, or whether the other person's the right one. It's how about you? You know, are our attitudes right? You know, is our mindset right? And is the relationship healthy? And I think, you know, you can start with prayer and fasting and you say, wow, God showed me you're the one. I saw a vision of us walking down the aisle together. Great. But then if you don't work on it, if you don't grow, if you don't work on the things you need to work on, and go on a journey together in trust and in love with that person, uh, no relationship is going to, you know, part of the language, magically work out. Yeah, I, I think I think that that's what we think. Hopefully that answers some of these questions. Uh, I know there are many more questions, but we, we try. We try to kind of like, uh, 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 um, you know, put the, the most um, upvoted questions uh, to be answered today. And I hope that even through some of these answers that we gave out you can sense wisdom and hopefully that will help navigate uh, some of the technical aspects of relationship that maybe you're going through but yeah let us know come and talk to us write in to us uh, if you want at info at xchurch.uk that's a-c-t-s church.co.uk just info at info at xchurch.uk Oh, there's no co. No, oh, no apologies. So it's info at xchurch. It's a c t s c h u r c h dot u k. Okay, we're not a company. Just dot u k. Uh, only if you have got questions and uh, let us know if you think this is helpful. Um, otherwise, I think that's it. Cat, do you have anything to add? No. No. Okay. No. Okay. Well, it's a bit long night. We'll we'll let the Sam go. Sam is silently sitting here as helping us record this podcast. Uh, it's Valentine's Day and Sam is here. Um, but we all know that she, he's really here to see Ballad the dog. But okay, that's it. Uh, God bless. Right. And uh, yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's <laughs> Day. <laughs> By the Bye. time you hear this, okay. <laughs>